What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we're going to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. Uh, We are back after a little break. Um, It is great to be back here on the podcast, um, as many of you know, but you're listening to (laughs) Sawyer uh, Trapp. Um, I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and it is, like I said, it's so great to be back with you here on the podcast. We've had a couple weeks off, had some vacation, and just enjoying summer. I hope you are as well. But with that, I'm going to turn it over to our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. Um, we're so glad that you're joining us today uh, for this summer. We hope that this 10,000 podcast really will help you grow in your faith during the week. Um, and we love hearing from you with questions, concerns. You can email me, mwolf, at arisedenver.com or strap at arisedenver.com. Talk about any questions you guys might have. And um, we were going to cover kind of one big question when it comes to prayer. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about some practical steps because... Here's the, the reality, is that I would guess that almost all of us listening to this podcast, even myself, <laughs> struggle with our prayer life. Absolutely. I it's not too. where we wish it would be, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and, and I think that's that's pretty natural, you know. Um, it, it, but that means it's something that we can work on mm-hmm. and, and improve. You improve relationships, okay? You, you work on your relationship with your spouse. Uh, mm-hmm. You work on your relationship with your kids. Hey, you know, this isn't going the way it should be. It, it takes takes work to have relationships, mm-hmm. and, and it's a good work because it always pays off. That's right. Um, and, and I think the same thing is our relationship with God. So we just want to encourage you, don't be discouraged <laughs> if you have a prayer life that you're like, man, Matt, are you kidding me? There's nothing to it. It's okay. Let's take a step from there and grow in that. So what is the big question, Sawyer? Yeah, the big question, and I think it's one that a lot of us, um, me included, have asked throughout my life. Maybe it's a situation that you're in right now. Uh, you, we, as we talked about on Sunday, you've been consistently praying for something. I mean, you, your, your big idea from Sunday is that persistent prayer pays off, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe for a lot of us, maybe in the past or in a situation right now, even when we've been persistently praying about something, that we either receive the answer no, like the prayer isn't <laughs> answered or is answered no, or we feel like we don't even have an answer. Yeah. And we end up in situations where, you know, we've been praying for someone to get better and their health only deteriorates. And we've been, we've been praying about our finances and the situation only gets worse. Or we've been praying and, and looking for a job and that job doesn't come. And we've all been in situations like this, whether it's a, a small thing you've been praying about or whether it's a huge thing, whether it's about your marriage or, or, yeah, or your housing situation or maybe um, somebody in your family has gotten coronavirus, whatever that is, whatever these small things or big things that we've been praying about, when we don't get an answer or when that answer is no, that is a really hard and challenging and really can be a faith-shaking situation. It, it can be. Um, it, it definitely can be. So what do we do about that, Sawyer? 
Well, <laughs> I think it's a big question, and so I think all big questions don't just have one answer. And so I think we want to look at this from a lot of different angles. Um, what I want to start with is that your faith is not in direct proportion to God's ability to answer you. That just because you maybe been wrestling with your faith or your faith is great and amazing does not mean that that means that God's going to answer you. Yeah. And that answer is going to be yes. So our faith is not connected. Well, I shouldn't say not connected. It's not directly proportional mm-hmm. to God's ability to say yes. Yeah. Uh, so many of us, whether we're direct or subconsciously maybe think that, you know, if we just have more faith, if we just are more faithful to what God is calling us to, then we're going to like convince God in order to answer our prayers. Mm-hmm. And sadly, that's not how prayer works. Right. Now, there is a connection between the things that we do and God's you know, working and interaction in our life. As, as you mentioned in your message, that God does have a special relationship with his children, with those who are his followers. And if there is something in your life where you're saying, man, I'm really wrestling with this sin, and this is something that's ongoing and constant, and God didn't answer my prayer. Mm-hmm. That might be a reason. Yeah. That might be a reason that God is saying, you know what, I'd love to answer your prayer, but there's this thing that is, is messing up our relationship. Mm-hmm. There's something that's going on, and I, I don't know what that is, but maybe that's a situation that you're in. So I think it's really important that when we're praying, part of prayer is examining our lives, is looking at the things that we're doing, the things that we're not doing, and saying, am I living according to to what God is calling me to. And I, I think a great verse that illustrates this, if we look in 1 John 5, um, in verses uh, 14 and 15, which is really, really encouraging verse, but it has a really important part to it that I want to pull out. Mm-hmm. And it says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that we, if, we ask every, excuse me, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that, we, that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have asked that we have what we asked of him. Excuse me. So right on the surface, that sounds like we're going to get whatever we ask, right? But there's this really important phrase in there that if we ask anything according to his will. And so many, so many times, so many situations, whether it, it's something that we ask for that is blatantly against God's will, that is maybe sinful, that is maybe, um, um, that leads people away from what God is calling us to, or there's a lot of th- good things that we ask about yeah. that may just be outside of God's will. Sure. And so another important element of prayer is that it shapes us to become more like God, yeah. more like Jesus. And yeah. so as we pray, as we worship, as we grow in our faith, as we are surrounded by other believers, we grow <laughs> in the according to his will. We grow in knowing what God's will is. Sure. And so I think for often in a lot of situations, we say, man, I, I can't believe that this is not God's will. Like, it's so hard for us to believe that, you know, certain people not being healed or disease or death or um, natural disaster or finances or job loss. But as we grow, as we are shaped, as we start to see what God is doing, maybe we start to acknowledge that, yes, those are good things, but a lot of good can come from those things, even those bad things. And that God allows and causes consequences to happen for our fallen world. And a lot of those situations that we get into, even those good things, we have to ask, is this God's will? I mean, that's something that I pray often. I say, God, 
I, I want this. I'm asking you of this. This is my heart's desire, but according to your will. And just laying it at God's feet. I think a great example of that is, is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, he knows that he is going <laughs> to his death. And he says, God, take this cup from me. I don't want to go through this, but not my will, but yours be done. And so I, I've made that my prayer in my own life is as I, as I pray, as difficult situations are happening, that God, you know, it's not about my will, but yours be done. Yeah, no, I think that's right on. I mean, if God didn't say yes mm-hmm. to his own son, yeah, who only did the will of the Father, Jesus mm-hmm. says that in, in the Gospel of John, I only do the will of the Father. Yeah. If, if he is doing God's will the whole time, he says, God, could I not have to go through this crucifixion mm-hmm. thing, this beating, this suffering, this torment? And God says, no, 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 my will is for my son to suffer. Yeah. But, but you look on the other side of that and you see why it was worth it. Mm-hmm. That even uh, the suffering, the worst punishment you could imagine, it purchased for us the redemption of mankind. Yeah. And it allows for us to have forgiveness and purpose and meaning in our life. Mm-hmm. And then you say, oh, okay. It, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why? He did that. Yeah. And I think it gives us a good example of looking at the situations in our own life. I mean, I can speak from my own experience that some of the most difficult and challenging seasons of my life, like the first couple years of Sarah and I's marriage were really challenging. I mean, we're living in a new state. We were um, starting off our marriage. We were both in seminary. We were stressed. We were working jobs. And our faith was really, I mean, my, I'll speak personally, um, but my faith was really at a low point because I had felt so on fire getting prepped for seminary and moving and then I get to seminary and my faith is just in shambles and I'm surrounded by people that at least on the surface, right, are just people that are striving after God and growing in their faith and just on fire. And I felt like my faith was like barely a wimpy candle, like that was going out. Yeah. But that season of my life really brought up some things that I needed to work through, some issues of pride, some issues of um, just thinking that I knew everything, of really being selfish in my relationship with Sarah. And through that season, and it was a season, like it was not like (laughs) a week or two weeks. It was, you know, a year, almost two years. And throughout that season, I look back on that now and I just thank God that I went through that. Even though so many times I prayed, God, what is going on? What are you doing? Like I felt so pushed to be to move to Colorado, to go to seminary, and, and there's so many things fell into line, and then I get there, and it seems like almost the rug was pulled out from underneath me, right? But looking back on it now, after some time, and seeing the amazing work that and grace that God showed me through that time of being able to question, of being able to doubt, of being able to wrestle, of being able to be broken, like there was so much growth that came from that. Yeah. And so if you're in a situation like that right now, it can be so hard to see beyond that. Mm-hmm. But keep praying. I I think one of the most important things that I've been told is that God wants you and God wants your prayers to be real. Yeah. I I mean, it it doesn't have to be, (laughs) you know, like you using big language or or words that you think God wants you to hear. Like, just bear your soul. Like, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. God, I don't even know if you're there. This is where I'm at. 
And some of those prayers can be the most cathartic and (laughs) growth opportunities that really show us that God meets us where we are, even in the midst of situations or answers that might be no or might be not yet or might be a situation where you don't even hear from God. Like those are opportunities to really grow in our faith. And so if you're in that situation right now, I would just encourage you, hard as it may be, to keep praying, to keep pushing, to be honest about where you're at. And even if the answer is no, God is still good. That's good. That's good. So one of the things that's most helpful for me in my prayer life is thinking of that relationship that we have with God. Mm -hmm. And we are taught to pray by Jesus himself to say our Father, right? Yeah. We're taught to pray to God as Father, and specifically, like, Paul brings up how we can call him Abba, mm-hmm. which is like Daddy, even. Yeah, you know, it's, even more personal, more it's, intimate. It's the yeah. personal title for Dad. And so, what, what, and, and we don't realize this because there's Christians all around us, a lot of us have grown in church, but there, before this, Jews did not call God Father. Mm-mm. You know, there's a little bit in Malachi where God is called the Father, um, but people didn't address God like that. No. It was very reverent. They didn't write the name of God. Right. You know, because it was, you know, too sacred. You definitely didn't say Yahweh. Yeah. Like, that was not okay. Um, so it was very reverential. And then Jesus is like, call him dad. Yeah. Paul says, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit cries out from within us, Abba, Father. Like, that is part of our prayer. We can say dad. I was talking to McKinley last night, and, and she's four and a half now. And she was just calling. I don't know how the conversation came up, but we were talking about how, yeah, other people call me Matt or Pastor Matt, but you can call me daddy, mm. right? You can call me dad, daddy. Um, and I said, and you know what, McKinley, you're only one of three people on this entire planet <laughs> that can call me daddy. Yeah. That's it. Three people. Um, she and her two siblings. Yeah. Can pick that up. <laughs> that's it. And like, and it kind of was awakening to me. I'm like, wow, that's only three people can call me that. And yet God says, if we're his children, if we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, we can call him dad. Yeah. And we don't think about it because he allows a lot of people to do it. But that is an intimate thing. It's mm-hmm. a special thing that he lets us talk to him. And that relationship of father, I think now that I'm a dad, has helped me understand prayer a lot more. Mm, me too. Yeah. McKinley does ask for a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. And whenever possible, I like to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can have that ice cream. Yes, you can have chocolate <laughs> chips on your waffle this morning. Like, I like saying yes. But there's some things like, no, we're not going to buy another princess dress. We're not mm. going to get another toy. We're not going to get that. And sometimes she'll say, you know, well, can I have it for Christmas? Can I have it for my birthday? Like, she has no idea, like, of time, so when that's going to take place. We'll say, well, maybe. We'll, we'll think about it. But of all the things that she's asked for in the last six months since her last birthday, she's not going to get all those things. Sorry. Sorry to break the news, right? McKinley, don't listen to the podcast, okay? <laughs> because yeah, and those of you who are parents know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. There'll be some things. I want to give her good gifts, especially mm-hmm. for her birthday and for Christmas. That's a celebration. But it's not going to be everything. Some of the things she's forgotten about, mm-hmm. she didn't care at all. Some of the stuff she asks again and again and again, and, and, and it becomes a realization like, oh, this is something that really is important to her. She would love. We're mm-hmm. going to want to make those things happen. Other things are just not good. Yeah. We're not going to do that because that's inappropriate for your age or, you know, it's not going to work yet. Maybe in a few years we can get this because mm-hmm. you're not 10 years old yet. You don't, you know, you're not going to understand this novel or whatever the sure. situation is. So there's some stuff she's not ready for yet. There's other stuff that are bad for her and they will always be a no. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that are shorter yeses, some things immediate yeses. And that's how it is with a father 
and their child. Mm -hmm. And in the same thing with prayer, some things God is going to say yes to immediately. Like James says, Jesus' brother, you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. Some of you, you just don't have what you want because you haven't asked God for it in prayer. So always default to asking. Yeah. Don't take it like, well, I don't know if this is God's will or not, so maybe I shouldn't pray for it. Just default to ask. And as you grow in your faith, you'll grow to be more of asking in his will, like it says in 1 John 5. But just ask, right? And then um, if you're not getting it right away, it's okay. Because as I've said again and again and again, God only gives two answers to prayer. Yes, or I have something better. Mm. There's only two answers. Even a no means God has something better than what you asked for. That's so good. And also, like, I'm thinking of the long-term life of my child. I, as a father, in my 30s, see my daughter who's four, and I know, okay, this is going to be best for you in your elementary years, your teenage years, your adult years. And God sees even beyond that. He, as being eternal, created all time, knew us before the foundation of the world, knows that there are some things that he won't even say yes to in this life. Like things like hard things, like suffering, like um, cancer, like death. Mm -hmm. But if we had his perspective, we Mm -hmm. would know that even in those things, there is good on the other side. Yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying about Jesus. Absolutely. So just think he's your father and he loves you and cares about you and wants your best and knows your best. Because yeah. sometimes I get stuff from McKinley and I'm like, why did I just do that? <laughs> Learning from that, um, made a mistake there. Uh, yes, you're right. I shouldn't have given her all that chocolate right before bed. Now she's not going to go to sleep. That kind of stuff, right? Yep. Um, I shouldn't have done that because now she's, you know, whatever. Um, so... God knows everything. So we got to trust him as our father to answer our prayers. Yeah, absolutely. So I had one other question that someone gave me. Okay. I, I forgot about it until right now. They asked okay. me right after the service on Sunday, and you brought it up. This is why I remembered it. Because you <laughs> said at the beginning, like, well, hey, if you have some sin or something wrong in your life, mm-hmm. maybe you need to confess it. So First Peter um, chapter 3, it, it specifically does say, you know, there's, there's a, a psalm that says the same thing. Um, but in First Peter 3, 7... It tells us, oh, I just lost it, I had it <laughs> pulled up, but but it says um, to, for husbands to be considerate of your wives so that God will answer your prayers. Hmm. So there is a tie to, specifically here we're told, husbands, how you treat your wives, you have to treat them well if you want your prayers to be answered. So there is something tied to our conduct and our living so that our prayers will be answered. Because if we have sin in our life and unconfessed sin, God mm-hmm. will say you need to repent of that yeah. so we can have a restored relationship. So I had the question posed to me, so I want to hear your answers. Okay. It just says, well, I thought we, this person was like, well, aren't we forgiven once and for all? Like when we say the sinner's prayer, when we accept Jesus our Lord and Savior, isn't it once for all sacrifice for sins? Do we need to keep confessing our sins? What do you think, Sawyer? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would say that there is great value in confession. Now, I think a lot of different Church denominations and certainly the Catholic Church have a very different view on specific confession, that there is this direct relationship between God's forgiveness and our confession. Um, But I think a great way to think about this is just to think about it in terms of another relationship. When there is an issue between you and your spouse or you and your kids or you and one of your best friends, that relationship suffers. That there is that there is difficulty when one person has done something wrong and there isn't an apology. There isn't forgiveness being given. Yeah. 
Your relationship is not going to be at your best point. Your communication is not going to be at the best point. Your ability to do nice things for one another is probably not going to happen. Let's just be honest. And so when there is a rift caused by us, now obviously God is perfect. God is holding up his end of the bargain and is perfect in his relationship. But when there is an issue, when there is a sin issue that has happened, when you are unrepentant of a sin mm-hmm. and, and continuing to do it, there's going to be a difficulty in the relationship between you and God. Yeah. And so there can be great value and great <laughs> growth in your faith and great um, renewing of that relationship. Now, obviously, when God looks at you, he sees the perfect righteousness of Jesus. Yeah. But there is <laughs> this difficulty, this temporary riff in our relationship with God, that confession, that <laughs> going to God and saying, hey, I messed up. God, I know I, I have your forgiveness, but God, I want to push into that more. I don't want to sin anymore. God, help me not to sin anymore. God, I want to grow in my faith. Because honestly, when we're living in <laughs> sin, especially unrepentant sin, often the last thing that we want to do is pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll speak from my own experience. Right. When I have been wrestling with sin or when I have um, done something wrong and I <laughs> know that, yeah. it's often like the, one of the last things I do to be like, man, I need to pray about this. Mm-hmm. Normally, I push away from God. I stop reading my Bible. Right. Yeah. And prayer isn't something that I push into. Yeah. And I think prayer should, and I'm saying this as much to myself as anyone else, should be the first thing that we do. Say, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. God, forgive me. I know I have your forgiveness, but this is causing a rift in our relationship, and I don't want that anymore. I want <laughs> to be back with you. Right. So God, forgive me. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so great. I, I love how, how you put that. That's so good. We we do need to do that. So so if you're here, maybe your prayers aren't getting answered mm-hmm. because of some sin in your life. Yeah. Are you walking in sin? Are you living in sin? Is there a sinful relationship in your life? Yeah. Um, and, and you need to repent of that mm-hmm. if you're hearing this. Um, and and so I would say this because some people wonder then too, like, okay, so is my prayer not getting answered because of sin? Maybe. Maybe. But then some people wonder. Well, what is it? I can't figure it out. Mm. Okay, so this is a simple prayer and a dangerous prayer, but maybe one of the best ones you can do is God convict me of any sin in my life. Mm. God convict me of the sin in my life because he will. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin and righteousness. That's what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. So that's a dangerous prayer, but one of the most important prayers you can say in your life. I I remember saying that prayer in college and I was nervous too. (laughs) I was nervous too. And I did. And God revealed something to me that I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, and I needed to repent of that. Mm. And I've done it since, but I remember vividly that time because I was nervous. So some of you saying this are nervous. Take five minutes right now and do that, and if there's something, change it. Yeah, Repent of it. There is forgiveness for you, and mm-hmm. change it because then maybe God will be listening more intently to you because he knows that you love him <laughs> and you're working on that relationship. Yeah. So I want to encourage you to do that. And if you're like, well, I, I pray that, and I, I still don't know, 
okay, there are other reasons, like we said, again, mm-hmm. forgotten on answering verse. Yeah. It's not just because of that. This could just be one, one of, of the reasons, yeah. But you should still try to confess your sins. And yeah. Sins. Worst case scenario, I mean, <laughs> you've you've confessed your sins, you're growing closer to God, and it, and that's a positive thing in and of itself, and, too. And, and I think it's it's worthwhile to, to confess sins that you're unaware of as well. Mm. You know, there are unintentional sins. It tells us that in the Old Testament. Yep. Like, people could get in trouble and have faced consequences for unintentional sins. So I think that's true today as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes unintentional, sometimes unknowing, like we're still held in account, um, even if we don't know. Yeah. Um, so so I'd encourage you to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so practically speaking, because we're a practical podcast <laughs> on this, what are some steps we should take, if any, to help us grow in our prayer life? Because like I said at the beginning, all of us, kind of suck at our prayer life. <laughs> For most of us. There, there's some of you who are like, man, I don't. Well, great. I love it. Um, email me. I'd love to hear what you do. <laughs> exactly. And we'll put you on the podcast. There you go. Time. You could be our expert. Yeah. Um, because no, honestly, some people are great at prayer. Yeah. I love it. I love those people. Um, but most of us need some, to grow. So what do we need to do, Sawyer? I, I have two practical things. So I want to just toss a bunch of things at you. Yeah, let's get two. Um, so one, uh, one has really helped me and it's actually having, now having a daughter. Um, okay. And, and, incorporating our family into prayer together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to brag on Lucy for a second. Um, yeah. Even as an almost two-year-old, mm-hmm. what she started to do, so we pray with her every night before she goes to sleep. And one night, I had like finished the prayer and she says, and mama. Hmm. Like it almost makes me tear up. Like yeah, this yeah. little one and a half-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> in her fledgling knowledge of the world, knew that prayer was important enough that she should add on and mom. And now it's grown. Yeah. Like at the end of the prayer, she will just list people in our lives. Yeah. And, and now it, when we just got back from our, ex, uh, from seeing family in Arizona and we saw a couple other people and she had named people from that. Mm-hmm. And, it's just been powerful. It's like it's encouraged me in my own faith. Sure. Seeing our family come together around prayer when we put her to bed, at meal times, and just it doesn't have to be something that you do alone. I think it's mm. it, I encourage yeah, you to, to pray alone, but yeah. also that it can just be worked into the natural rhythms of your family life. And that's powerful not only for you, but for your kids and for your household. I, that love that. First one. I, I threw that in in my message yeah, you on did. Sunday. You know, there's an idea of habit stacking, mm-hmm. you know, the, the concept. I think we've talked about yeah. it on the podcast before. Like, don't try to create a new habit out of scratch. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult yeah, to do. Absolutely. If you're like, you're right, Matt, I need to pray. So I'm going to, um, you know, get up at 4.30 every morning, get my cup of coffee brewing, sit on my porch, and pray for an hour and a half. Like, that's going to be tough yeah. because you're not getting up that early right now. <laughs> you're not, you know, getting your coffee ready that early. You're not going to do it, okay? Mm-hmm. But... You already are doing something. Mm-hmm. So if you can add it on to that and stack it on, like you're already going to be eating a meal, so say a prayer there. Yeah. You're already going to be going to bed, so say a prayer there. Mm-hmm. Add it to something that you're already doing. Um, you're already going to take a shower. What if you say a prayer every time you're in the shower? And that's a great way to remember forgiveness because the water's coming on you. Mm, God, forgive you me. Go. It's just like if this water is washing me clean. Lord, wash me clean of all yeah. my sins. There's simple ways that you can have it stack like this. Start there. I, I think that's 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 genius. Yeah, and I, the other one actually connects with it. Um, I just wanted to pull in First Thessalonians five seventeen, which says, "Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ 
Jesus for you. Um, and when we read that verse, pray without ceasing, that sounds unbelievably daunting <laughs> to pray without ceasing. Yeah. But I think one of the things that, that Paul is getting at is as we go about our day, as things come up, as stresses and frustrations come up, as yep. joys and blessings come up, yep. just to continually be in a conversation with God about those things. Yeah. God, I have this meeting coming up. I, I'm worried about it. I'm stressed yep. about it. Yep. God, be with me in this. Give me your peace. Amen. God, I, 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 just, I just had this wonderful connection with a friend who I haven't seen in a long time. It was so awesome to see them face to face. God, thank you for that person for putting him in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been something that I have been trying to do more and more and more. And I think to have that constant ongoing connection with God it reframes your mind. It makes <laughs> it makes you more in line with God's will. Yeah. Um, and I, I would encourage you to start doing those two things. And I think as we as we work prayer into the daily rhythms of our life, we become better at it. We become more attuned to what God is doing and where we could potentially wake up at four thirty in the morning and pray yeah. for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And that that muscle of prayer, because I think it really is a muscle. Mm-hmm. It's this thing that we have to work on, that we have to (laughs) engage, that, you know, if we even sit down for too long, we get up and our legs are weak. (laughs) That it's like that level, that prayer is this muscle that we have to constantly work and work and grow on and and work out, you know? And so if we begin to do those things, we can grow in our prayer life. We can begin to set a time, time to pray with others, which I would also highly recommend. I think that's really powerful to pray for one another yeah. in whatever situation you're in, your community group, your family, um, your neighbors, your friends. And I think these two little ways to pray continuously, to work it into your daily rhythms, are a great way to really get started, to start re-engaging. Because a lot of us, maybe we go through seasons up and down to really start to push into prayer and to begin to work out that muscle again. Yep. Um, I love it. I think let's do it. I just encourage you, take a step in yeah. prayer. Grow that muscle, work out a little bit, mm-hmm. start small, and it'll grow. And it'll you'll see amazing when God answers some of your prayers. Absolutely. Um, so, so persistent prayer pays off. It does. Try it. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. As Matt said, if you have any awesome ways that God is really um, helping you in prayer or that you're finding really helpful. We'd love to hear about them. Best way to do that is to reach out by email. Um, It is in the description of this podcast. So we would love to connect with you and help bring God into all of our 10,000 minutes each and every week. That's good. Okay. We'll see you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver. We want to encourage you to do three things. First is to subscribe, to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. You can do that at arisedenver.com slash give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and in the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.